Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear is designed for maneuverability and durability and is made to last through even the toughest of elements. My go-to for their pants is the Water Resistance Adventure Pants and their lined, waterproof jeans. I've worn them while out ice fishing, crawling through the woods, bear hunting, and on the west coast out on the boat. And I even wear them around when I'm having a lazy day at the house. They are that comfortable. They also offer jackets, summer pants, backpacks, and many more. Men's and women's sizes are available, and by partnering with One Tree Planted, you're planting a tree with every purchase. Check them out for yourself at northboundgear.co, and when you use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and promo code SHELDON15. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Buick Outdoors podcast. If you're new around here, I'm your host Sheldon Marion, and few things that we have to go over here first uh if you're watching this on youtube and you want to listen to the audio version uh just search up the buick outdoors podcast and you'll find us pretty well everywhere now we're on all major podcast platforms and even some of the small little off-brand ones as well also if you are just listening to this and you want to watch the video version uh if you want to youtube search up buick outdoors you'll find our channel on there and we have a playlist of all of our podcasts and there's also playlists made up for all of our hunting fishing outdoor adventures cooking everything like that there's a little bit of uh a little bit of everything for everyone on our youtube channel but anyways with that all being said let's get into the episode here today uh so today we're actually filming this and recording this out in bear camp uh, I've been out here for uh, about a week and a half now, almost two weeks. So, uh, uh, I've been talking about bear camp for the last couple of months, and I've been thinking about it ever since about this time last year, uh, pretty well when I packed up my stuff and left bear camp last year. But we're finally back out here now, and man, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't be more excited to be out here. It... Uh, I always look forward to coming out and just sitting back, relaxing, kind of forgetting about the world and just hunting bears like crazy. Uh, Unfortunately, this year, though, uh, it's been an extremely wet May. But uh, I'm hoping now that the rain is kind of stopped. uh, You know, we've had a... I've had a slow start this year. Uh, you know, it was, for how little I've actually been able to do, I've actually accomplished quite a bit. Uh, so I, I, I get off work Tuesday evening, I got home Tuesday night very late, and then I had to be in town Wednesday to put decals on the holiday trailer for the YouTube channel. So Wednesday morning I got up really early, and I filmed hooking up to the holiday trailer, for uh, for a video, and then we drove into town. I went and I got decals put on, and that was about two hours, or maybe it was three hours to get decals put onto the holiday trailer. 
I got that done at Scientist in Fort St. John. If you guys are looking for any kind of like decals, banners, stickers, vehicle wraps, paint protection. I think he does uh, windshield protection now too. You know, I highly recommend him. I'll put uh, I'll put his little contact info in the description and uh, maybe up on the screen here somewhere. I'll I'll put up like his phone number or. Uh, Whatever, maybe a link to his Facebook page if he has one. I'm not, I can't exactly remember if he has a Facebook page or not. But anyways, really good dude. Name is uh, Bob. It's him and his wife that do it. And just a great, phenomenal team. They've done my truck. And they've done the haul of the trailer now. And uh, I'm sure they'll be doing a lot more of my projects going forward. But, uh, but anyways, after I got all my decals put on, uh, while we are waiting for that... We ran around, we picked up what we could for groceries and stuff that didn't have to be refrigerated and any like last minute kind of things. And then uh, basically went back, hooked onto the holiday trailer again uh, and I took it over to the water station and I filled up with water and then I filmed another video on how to flush all your, your lines in your holiday trailer and RV. Uh, then after that, we grabbed groceries, topped up with fuel, and we headed out of town, and it was pretty well a full town day. Uh, so I just kind of backed into the yard at the house, uh, finished packing what I needed to come out here, and then uh, on Thursday, drove out, came out here, got all set up, got everything nice and comfortable, everything placed where it needs to go kind of a thing. Arrange the inside of the trailer and stuff and clean it up real good because it's, it's the first trip that I've taken with the holiday trailer uh, since putting it away last year. So there's always a little bit of work that you got to do, you know, putting whatever your towels and washcloths away and sweeping the floor and vacuuming and yada yada, you know, all the small little nitpick stuff for your first trip out. But uh, anyways, that's what I did on Thursday. Uh, also on Thursday when I was setting the trailer up. I filmed another video on how to properly get your trailer level. And, uh, yeah, so that was another one that I, I filmed up. Uh, and then Friday, pretty well just kind of woke up whenever. You know, it was the first day that I've been able to actually have a real nice, long, peaceful sleep where I didn't have to hear trucks unloading like when I'm at work, the, the load boxes are about 10 feet from my bedroom. So I didn't have to listen to any big trucks idling and revving up and unloading all their water and hoses banging and stuff. I didn't have to, you know, at home, Shelby has all of her cats and I got a couple cats too, let's be honest here. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to mess around with cats on the bed and stuff like that. So I just... I slept for as long as my heart felt like it. And when I got up, I just, I felt amazing. I don't even know what time it was. Probably 9.30, 10 o'clock or something like that. Like, I just slept. Especially out here. You know, we don't have any of the neighbor's dogs barking or anything like that. Like, out here at night, the only noises that there is, is the nighthawks flying around doing their little tree bark sounds. Which is actually air going through their wings when they when they dive down it's it's a really cool sound 
But uh, yeah, we got the Nighthawks and all the frogs. Because over on the corner edge here, there's a bit of a pond there. And yeah, there's whatever, a couple hundred frogs that all croak at night. So it's it's extremely peaceful. And, uh, you know, there's there's no lights out here either. You know, I'm in the middle of the bush. Like, you go outside at night, it's black. And it's, man, it's nice. You know, I, I just love it out here. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I woke up whenever it was that I woke up, damn near in the afternoon, and, uh, pretty well just took my time, I made up a little breakfast, made some coffee, hung out with the dogs for an hour, and just kind of did nothing, you know, it was, <laughs> it felt pretty good doing that, but eventually I said, well, we can't sit around all day, so I, uh, I got my 300 out here, and my 30-odd six. And, uh, grabbed my shooting table, my, uh, my chair, my target, and, uh, went up the road, got everything all set up, and I filmed how to sight in your rifle, well, kind of how to sight in your rifle, it was somewhat of a how to sight in your rifle, how to just kind of getting prepared for bear season kind of a thing, but anyways, Shot those guns, the 300 there, it's Dad's 300 wind mag. Uh, seeing how he's kind of moving out of the north and heading down to uh, the coast country there. He he kind of wanted to get rid of a lot of stuff that was just taking up room. Plus, the, the less things he had, you know, the less he had to actually move down south of them. So, I picked up the 300 from him for uh, fairly cheap. And then the 30-06 that, that I was using there, it's my grandma's old uh, Ruger M77 30-06. That thing has been around for a year or two. But, uh, yeah, they all, they both shot pretty good. Got them all dialed in. The 300, it's about an inch and a half high at 100 yards. The 30-06, I was slowly dialing it down, and I got to where it was pretty dang close on the last shot. It was like half inch high at 100 yards and I thought nah, good enough you know the 30 out 6 200 green bullets it's you're shooting 100 to 200 yards regardless so like anything past that I really don't care if it's not two inches high at 100 or inch high like it could hit bullseye and I'd be plenty happy with that you know it, it's a hunting rifle I'm not doing any long range shooting anymore I used to do that with my 257 Weatherby and uh, with that gun, it was always two inches high at 100 yards, three shot groups that were roughly around 0.350, so like 350 thousandths of an inch, which is less than half inch, uh, slightly bigger than quarter inch groups. And uh, yeah, that was my long range gun. I was very, very consistent with that rifle. If I didn't shoot a half inch group and if it wasn't two inches high and dead center, it was a bad day at the range kind of thing. That's when I was extremely picky. But now with these rifles and what we're hunting, you know, 200 yards and under, yeah, you could stretch it to 300 with the right shooter, you know. But uh, for the most part, 200 yards and under, we're going after bears. If it's within, you know, whatever, an inch or two of the bullseye, honestly, that's that's good enough for what we're doing. Uh, it is best to 
be a little more accurate than that. But, uh, you know, where the 300 was hitting, it's, uh, you know, it was an inch or inch and a half high at 100 yards, 30.6, half inch high, dead center. That's plenty good enough for me. But anyways, uh, after done shooting the rifles, came back to camp. I put my stuff away, and then I had to put some new laces on my hunting boots. Uh, the old ones there, they were getting worn out. They're a few years old, and just rubbing on the the metal pieces and stuff warm right out and thin. And uh, so yeah, I replaced the the laces on my boots. Uh, <laughs> hopped into the truck, and I went for a drive just to do a little bit of scouting. And uh, what I was going to do is just check out all the roads that I hunt, uh, check out the pipelines and cut lines, check out some of the clear cuts and stuff like that. And I just wanted to see how much green grass was growing because uh, that's where I target the bears. You know, That's where the bears are going to be at, is eating on the green grass. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to go out for a real quick drive. Uh, pretty well just find where the big patches of green grass are growing. And... Uh, Pretty well, I jumped across the road uh, to one of my favorite spots there, and it was down the first road on the first pipeline. It was the first bear. I didn't have any of my camera gear ready or anything like that. It was all just kind of sprawled out and laying around on the front seat of my pickup. But I uh, <laughs> seen the bear pull over, looked at him, went, yeah, maybe I'll shoot him. And then, you know, with all my camera gear and stuff, pretty well not ready to go whatsoever it took me a few minutes just to gather everything up put the gopro on my head put the gopro on the little gooseneck mount put this camera on the tripod get everything rigged up get out put bullets in the gun and to my surprise that bear he looked at me once didn't think nothing of it and just went back to eating so uh <laughs> that was a bad uh bad move on his part but uh yeah and even the stock was easy i didn't have to go slow i didn't have to duck i didn't have to watch my wind or nothing like that i basically walked up to 100 yards of him put shooting sticks up and shot him <laughs> oh. but and then after i shot him too when i pulled the trigger he went splat he didn't move so uh yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a damn good way to start this hunting season. <laughs> you know, it was the the first day, the first road, the first pipeline, the first bear, the first bullet. Like <laughs> it couldn't have got any easier than that. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, gotten the bear down on the ground. Went up to him, did the gutless quartering method. Took the uh, hind quarters, the front quarters. I skinned along his back, pulled the back straps out, and then I was going to take his rib meat, but there was, you know, in the springtime, they're usually pretty, like, they're not uh, unhealthy, but they're, they're still a little bit skinny, especially right now, you know, still being May. Uh, yeah, they haven't had much time to put on a lot of fat or any more muscle kind of thing. So, like, his his rib meat, you know, if it was a fall bear, I would definitely take it. But this guy here, like, his rib meat was just paper thin. You know, like, there was, 
there was really nothing there. So, uh, yeah, you do what you can and you take most, like 90% of the meat. But once in a while, when it comes to something like that, you know, there's just not enough there. By the time it cools and it gets that outer crust layer on it that you have to trim off. I mean, I would have had a piece of meat that would have been maybe a quarter inch thick. Uh, you know, so it's, I don't know. Some people might kind of get on my case about leaving that, but I mean, it is what it is. Like, you have to take all edible portions of meat, which I completely agree with. But when it comes to, like, the rib meat on a bear in the spring if you get a, a big bear, there is enough there for sure. But this guy here is a bit small. He's probably a three or four year old bear kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, the meat that was on his ribs, it, it was very thin. But, uh, yeah, took him back here. Uh, I let him cool for about two days. And then uh, took all the meat back home. I uh, got help from Shelby. We got them all trimmed up. Uh, I made a couple of roasts out of his hind end there, kind of like the sirloin side, I think. I'm not, not 100% sure. I'm not a, a butcher by any means. But, uh, yeah, I made a couple of roasts there from his from his hind end. And then basically the rest, other than the back straps, were all ground up into burger. So I got quite a few packs of they're anywhere between half a pound to a pound a burger that I vacuum wrapped so uh yeah we're off to a good start there and then uh pretty well he's been just like a camp meat bear to be honest with you uh the only thing I haven't touched yet are the roasts that are sitting at home but I've already made uh bear honey and garlic fajitas which I made with birch syrup instead of honey I made bear tacos which the bear tacos I filmed that one and then also made bear chili which I just made last night and it's just phenomenal stuff it it tastes great but uh yeah I'm slowly picking away at that bear already and uh when Shelby is out here uh is when I made the bear tacos and I filmed that and you know while I was cooking it 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 smelled like moose meat cooking you know And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, when it was all said and done there, she made up a little taco for herself. She took a bite and she was blown away. You know, I've made her some bear roast before, but I don't think I've ever made uh, bear tacos like this. And I asked her if it tastes like moose, and she said, no, this is, this is better than moose. So, uh, you know, coming from my woman, who is a picky eater, who usually, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but uh, what she enjoys in food is kind of few and far in between kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I always kind of tease her, you know, she kind of eats like a, a child, you know, chicken fingers and ketchup. Well, no, she doesn't like ketchup. So, whatever. Chicken fingers and pop. <laughs> But, uh, no, all jokes aside, she she thought it was just amazing food. And then uh, 
the bear honey garlic fajitas. Basically, I took the bear backstrap and I cut it in half because it wouldn't quite fit in my uh, frying pan that I got out here. It's not that big, but uh, I took that and I put uh, garlic plus seasoning on it and basically browned it on all all the sides and I didn't cook it for very long. Uh, it was probably about a medium, slightly medium rare when I was, when I pulled it off, and then I sliced up a, a, a whole onion, threw it into the pan with a little bit of olive oil and some butter, got that nice and browned up and kind of sweated out and glazed or whatever you want to call it, and then uh, I want to say it was about six cloves of garlic that I chopped up, threw it in there. And then I took the bare backstrap, put it back into the pan, and then I made a sauce where it was uh, mainly soy sauce, and then some of that hoisin or hoisin sauce. And with that, it was probably about a tablespoon, maybe a tablespoon and a half of that hoisin sauce. Uh, maybe about a teaspoon or so of Worcester. And then... Uh, Ah, uh, geez, I don't know. Whatever that was, say it's a, I don't know, a quarter cup of fluid that's in the bowl there. Then I pretty well just add the same amount of birch syrup in there. And I stirred it all up and pretty well spooned it on there. And once it started to kind of boil slightly, I uh, just kept dumping that sauce in there until everything was kind of in like a slurry almost. And then I pulled the back strap out, I sliced it all up, and then I put it all back in, and then I covered it up with the rest of my uh, sauce that I had until it was all kind of boiling. And then I let it boil in there for, uh, I don't know, it was a, it was a little while. I want to say probably 10 or 15 minutes or so, and I'd, I'd flip all the pieces every so often too, so when they, they all were covered and they were all boiled. And then I just turned it right down low to like a really low simmer. And I just let everything simmer down and uh, pretty well turn into not quite a thick syrup kind of a thing. But it was starting to thicken up quite a bit. And then, uh, yeah, pulled her off the heat, let her cool down a little bit. And then as it cools down too, it thickens up a little bit more. And then I just threw that onto some fajitas with, you know, sour cream, salsa, cheese, uh, diced tomatoes, and some lettuce. And, man, was that ever good. I had some, uh, some leftovers there. So I just threw them into a little Tupperware container, threw them into the fridge. And then, uh, like the next day, Shelby came out for a visit there. And I just grabbed the meat out and said, here, you gotta try this. So she pulled it out took a bite and she was just blown away by that too and then uh no even the bear chili it it tastes just like regular old chili like if you came here and you opened up my fridge and you grabbed a spoon and you ate that chili you wouldn't be able to tell me that it was bear you'd just say hey that's pretty good food you know it's the the reason why people don't eat bear is beyond me i don't know if it's just because they're big and scary or or what the deal is i don't know but 
I'm telling you, if you came around my camp and you ate some of my food, I I can almost guarantee you, if not this year, next year, you'd be coming back out with a bear tag in your pocket. <laughs> it's it's really, really good stuff. Then uh, I'm thinking that once Blaine, possibly Courtney, and then Shelby come back out, I'll be doing the bear honey garlic fajitas again. I think I'm going to get Blaine to pick up uh, a few more ingredients and stuff. You know, I'll throw in like bell peppers or something like that this time. Uh, just to give it a little extra or maybe maybe more onions this time. I don't know. You can, that's the good thing about cooking. You can do whatever you want with it kind of a thing. Uh, but yeah, I think Blaine is supposed to be coming out tomorrow. And then uh, I don't know if his woman Courtney is going to be coming out or not. Uh, she might have to work or she might be done work now. I'd, I'm i not too sure. I, I, I don't know. But uh, Shelby will be coming out on, I believe, Tuesday. And then she's going back to work Wednesday. And then she's coming back out, I think, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that's going to be... Uh, Shelby has two bear tags, Blaine has two bear tags, and I got a bear tag left, so that's five bear tags that we can fill. So we're going to be hunting like absolutely crazy. Uh, one thing too is, uh, so if this comes out on Monday, I got you know another seven days left before I have to pack up and leave here. Because then on Tuesday afternoon, I head back to work. So, uh, yeah, I pretty well got seven days to get five bears, plus doing all of our other other stuff that we're wanting to do. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be hunting like crazy. Uh, the good thing, though, is the couple of days that uh, the weather was, was nice and I was able to drive around on all the roads and stuff. Uh, you know, the one day uh, my buddy Tavin came out with his two boys, and I believe in total we've seen is either 13 or 15 bears and that's including all the cubs though too but you know it, with bears typically they don't go far from where you've seen them last uh, a lot of times they focus on just one little patch of grass or a piece of pipeline kind of thing that's nice and green or there's dandelions growing there and as long as they have what they need right there, they have no reason whatsoever to leave. So a lot of times, you know, whatever. If you're driving down the road and you see a, a black bear at kilometer five, I can guarantee you that bear is always going to be between kilometer four and six. He's not going to go far from there. Uh, they're very, very easy to figure out that way. As long as there's still a food source there, or as long as a a bigger boar doesn't come in and push them out. Uh, once as you kind of hit near the end of June, the rut starts to happen. So and they do move a little bit more around the rut time, but not overly too much. Uh, they will chase a woman around a little bit, but men also think with their stomachs. So they'll chase their woman for a little while, and then all of a sudden their stomach will growl at them. they go, hey we got to get back to kilometer five where all that grass is. And then they come back, they start eating on the grass again. So, uh, yeah, I know where there's a few bears. And uh, we shouldn't have an issue 
at least seeing the Bears. Uh, shooting them is going to be an, another issue. This year, they seem to be kind of spooky for some reason. I kind of think that it's just because of the weather. All the all the storms and stuff that we've been having those last two weeks. So, you know, they're, they're a little spooked that way. Or maybe somebody that works out here is kind of shooting at them or scaring them off, shooting bear bangers kind of a thing. You, you never really know, but... Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get at least one or two, hopefully three bears on the ground. And uh, mainly what I'm going to be focusing on too is just getting Blaine his bears. Uh, because even after my holiday is done here and I go back to work, uh, I have another week off coming up. Because I, I work a week on, week off. So once I go back to work here next week, I'll work for seven days, then I have another seven days off. And it'll be another seven full days off uh, before the season's closed. So, I already got a bear. If Blaine comes out, we'll mainly focus on getting him his two bears. And then possibly Shelby get her bear. Because uh, she'll be here Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So, Tuesday will be mainly for, for me and Blaine. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. One of those days, we'll head out. And, uh... We'll see if we can get Shelby her bear or bears, uh, depending on what she feels like doing. But, uh, yeah, then after that, uh, on my next set of days off, I can always come back out here and uh, do another seven days of hunting for myself as well. Uh, right now, uh, what I'm packing now, uh, you know, I'm always looking for a bit of a challenge when it comes to bears, especially now that I already got one bear in the freezer. Uh, you know, you can kind of loosen things up a little bit. Last year, it was my single shot, 16 gauge shotgun from 1921. Uh, the thing turned 100 years old. It was passed down to me by my great great grandpa. Uh, it went from him to my Uncle Bill and now to me. Uh, so that, that was pretty cool being able to pack that gun around. Uh, you know, having a shotgun that's a hundred years old, uh, and like shooting a bear with it too. It's shooting a bear with a hundred year old gun is cool. Shooting a bear with a shotgun is cool, and then shooting a bear with a single shot shotgun is pretty cool too. And then when it's all three, man, it's just it's wicked. And then there's also like the whole family side of things too, where it's been around, you know supposedly great great grandpa bought that shotgun brand new from sears you know for whatever a couple dollars like way back then and now it's still putting food on the table you know it's it's just a cool little background story to it uh but anyways with that all being said this year i have my grandpa's old winchester uh model 94 30 30 and it's one of the pre-64 Winchesters. Uh, so again, it's one of those things where not only is it a Winchester Model 94 3030, which is a really sought-after rifle. It's a pre-64, which again, it's like a collector's item. Plus, it was my grandpa's old gun. Uh, when I got that thing, when grandpa passed away, it was not in the best of shape. Uh, it needed a 
deep, deep clean. Uh, it also needed the front sight uh, to be uh, replaced. Somehow, Grandpa busted off the front sight, and uh, he tried to epoxy it on, and then that one also fell off. So I just I took it down to Corn Lanes in in Dawson Creek. There I, again, you know, another great little uh, group of guys and a great company. If you want to get any gunsmithing work done, and uh, took it down to them, I said, go through it, clean it, replace the front sight, and if there's any parts or pieces or anything that broken, missing, whatever, just replace them. I don't care what the cost is. And uh, luckily for me, there actually wasn't all that much. Uh, I want to say, all in all, in total, it was a few hundred dollars for them to, to fix everything. And then they also took it to the gun range. And they took a shot with it to make sure it's in good working order and condition and stuff. And I want to say that they give you like a little, the, the paper target and the empty casing with it too. So that was pretty pretty cool but uh yeah at the end of the day they did a, a very deep clean on it they completely stripped the gun they had to replace the firing pin and they had to replace the front sight and now everything is uh back in working order and uh the other day i took it out and i sighted it in uh it was about six inches low at 50 yards so i adjusted the sight hit the bullseye stretched it out to 75 yards and put a nice little grouping at 75 yards uh i was gonna shoot it at 100 but because of the front sight it's i mean the it's just a typical regular front sight on an iron sight but uh you know at 75 yards it was pretty well taking up the entire paper plate so at 100 yards you i don't know it'd be a guess when it comes to target uh for something like a moose or a bear you could put that front sight in its vitals pull the trigger and get the job done but uh with the paper plates you know i like to film my stuff where you actually see good honest true results and at 100 yards on a paper plate the bead would have taken up more than the plate itself so it'd be just a kind of like a guessing game and i don't really don't really like that so uh yeah i shot at 75 yards and i filmed all that and uh yeah, it turned out pretty good. So now what I'm doing is I'm packing that around for bear. And uh, with that, it's going to be much like the 16-gauge shotgun where you have to get pretty well into bow range uh, because it is just iron sights. So you can't exactly be uh, too far away from it. But then also the energy on a 30-30 it's not overly too impressive uh i wouldn't want to take no poke shot at a bear at like 200 yards kind of thing but uh you know 100 yards is pretty well the maximum i'd want to shoot uh with that at a bear if it was a deer it'd be a little bit different because their their hair is thin their hides thin and they die very easy where with the bear especially in the spring uh you know their hides like four inches then they, their hide is fairly thick. It's kind of hard to penetrate through. And then also the way their bodies are and stuff, you know, they're a, they're a pretty tough critter. But if you get them in the lungs, it's, they die just as easy as a deer. 
The problem is though, if you are off that little bit and you get them a little too far back or too far forward, it's it's not a good not a good day at all. And then also, if you're going in the bush after a wounded bear, you're just that's not a good scene. I've I've been there, done that, and uh, it's not very fun. But uh, yeah. It shouldn't be all overly too hard though to get within a hundred yards of a black bear with the old iron sights. Uh, I'm going to be trying to film that hunt as well. And basically though, I think what I'll do is I'll hunt with that for the rest of this week. And then on my next days off, if I come back out, uh, I might leave that behind. And just bring either the 300 again or the 30-06. Uh, I like to mix things up a bit though. Uh, so I'll most likely pack the 30-odd 6. Just because this year I've already shot one with a 300. So, you know, I, I don't know. I like changing things up a little bit. I don't like using the same gun, the same ammo, with the same, 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 same. You know, it just gets boring after a while. So that's also why I like doing the little kind of like challenges. You know, single shot shotgun last year. 30-30 uh, this year. <laughs> you know it's uh it's gonna be pretty neat uh especially the 3030 you know not only is it my grandpa's old gun it's also uh the rifle that my dad got his first moose with so there's again it's just like the old 16 gauge shotgun where there is just a ton of like uh i don't know what you want to call it just sent sentimental value you know and uh being able to hold on to the rifles that you know my dad and my grandpa have held on to and used to put food on the table and now it's down to me and I'm putting food on the table with them still you know it's I don't, there's a lot of like pride and honor that kind of come with that and it's uh it's a pretty cool feeling you know being able to go out into the bush and bring home food for your family is one thing but to do that with the same rifle and same equipment on the same kind of general area or the same road that you know other people in your family have done it on you know it's just phenomenal uh one thing i would like to do is to take that 3030 down the mile 98 road and get a bear with it down there because that's you know the, basically where our family roots are kind of a thing is like mile 98 road if you mention Marion's it's either mile 98 or Dawson Creek so uh it would be pretty neat to take the take that rifle back to where it kind of started out at and uh yeah get one more kill and kind of it's almost like kind of taking grandpa for another hunt you know what I mean so it's uh yeah it'd be a pretty special thing to be able to do that but uh yeah, other than hunting, uh, you know, one thing we are wanting to do this year, or this week, is do a little bit of mushroom hunting. Uh, a couple of years ago, Dad was out here with his old sugar shack, which is basically, uh, it's a dual axle trailer that he got a bunch of utilidor, uh, built, like, uh, kind of like a mobile cabin out of utilidor, and what utilidor is is just, like, two sheets of tin with insulation in the middle of it and they come in like panels so you got a guy to build basically a cabin on this uh dual axle trailer 
And dad has his queen size bed in there. Oh, excuse me. Queen size bed in there. And he has a, a wood stove, a little table. He has a little 12 volt. Or, no, maybe it's 120 volt. Whatever. He has a mini fridge in there, kind of a thing. And he just strings out a extension cord for that and plugs her in. Once it's nice and cold, then you just shut her down and you're good for whatever, a day or two kind of thing, as long as you don't open it. But, uh, yeah, he was staying out here in that for a couple of weeks. Uh, with that little mobile cabin sugar shack, though, uh, he doesn't have a bathroom in it. So, pretty well every morning, he'd get up, he'd hop into his truck, he'd go down the road, and he'd go to his little poop spot. And, uh, one day he comes back and he goes, hey, what do, uh, what do morel mushrooms look like? So, I kind of started to describe it to him, you know, looks like a little brain kind of a thing on a small stem, and... And I'm just Googling a picture and saying, here, this is what a morel mushroom looks like. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that is what I almost pooped on. <laughs> so I started laughing. I said, well, it's a bit of a bit of a personal question, but uh, where are you pooping at? <laughs> I don't care about your turds. I just want to go in there and get those mushrooms. But uh, he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> but it's been a few years so i might be able to ask him again and he might tell me this time uh but yeah hopefully we can go in there we can find out where uh dad was dropping his bombs at and uh the mushrooms are still growing there from what i've read typically uh once his morels start growing somewhere they usually uh come back every year Apparently, I'm not uh, 100% on that though. I haven't uh, haven't really hunted morels all that much. Uh, we went out uh, two or three years ago to an old burn site, and we were looking for morels in there. But uh, yeah, we we didn't find any. But oh well, that's uh, that's mushroom hunting, I guess. Plus, I have no clue what I'm doing. You know, when it comes to mushroom hunting, especially for, like, a specific one, I'll go out there and I'll walk around for a few hours with my head on the ground, but uh, what I'm looking for and what area I'm in, it's, jeez, I don't know. But that's also why I got those, uh, those, those books that I've been talking about in other podcasts there, uh, the Boreal Herbalism, uh, the Audubon mushroom book and mushrooms in northern british columbia i think i'd have to look back and uh and see what uh what those books actually are they're they're in the trailer here but they're all tucked away here somewhere if by chance we get all of our bears here on this uh these days off too and i'm free and clear on my next days off i think what i'll be doing is hiking into one of our remote lakes and uh pretty well just camping out for I don't know a day or two on the lake in the tent with uh, for sure one dog I don't know if I'll bring the other dog with me or not she's she's a bit big for the tent but uh that's right we'll see see if we can fit her in there uh if Shelby comes with me then we'll bring like the four person tent then both dogs will come 
that'll be no problem there. But uh, yeah, that'll be a nice little relaxing uh, trip. Bring all the camera gear, bring in the tent, all my outdoor cooking stuff, and basically just pitch the tent on the side of the lake, do some fishing, catch some rainbows, cook some of the fish fresh right on the side of the lake, pretty well pull them out of the water, got them, clean them, wrap them in tin foil on the fire, and uh, away you go. Then after that trip, uh, you know, we're, geez, we're going to be pretty well into July already. Because that'll be basically the end of June. I'll be doing that. Unless I hunt bears on that week. Uh, then in that case, I won't be doing that trip until July. Uh, and then after that trip, maybe go back to Colebrook kind of a thing. And do another couple of days camping on the creek uh doing some fossil hunting but then that that kind of depends on how much water there is on the creek too that might be like an august trip just because this year we've had so much rain and snow uh this last month you know the creeks and rivers they're all going to be extremely high for for a little while and then uh yeah, while we're out there doing that, we can also go and fish, like, uh, the Murray River or the Pine River while we're out in that area. So, uh, yeah, I'll still be able to get quite a few videos done. You know, it'll be hopefully five more bear hunts. Uh, camping out on the lake. Camping out on Cold Brook and finding more fossils. Fishing the Murray River. Maybe fishing the Pine River. I'm not too sure on that one. But for sure, they you know, like that's eight more videos. And I already have four more scheduled to come out. Plus the podcast and stuff. So uh, we're slowly getting more and more videos put up. We're slowly getting more podcasts put up. And uh, yeah, we're slowly growing this thing. Uh, if you guys want to help the channel out. Uh, you know, we have deals with, like, uh, Northbound Gear. I have affiliate code there, which is Sheldon15. You get 15% off your order if you use the code. Uh, check them out at northboundgear.co. Uh, we also have an online store. Uh, to get the store link, uh, there'll be a link in the description below. And you can also find the link on our Facebook page. So you go to Facebook, go to Buick Outdoors, uh, you just scroll down, you know, whatever, half page kind of a thing. There's the the page for our stores right there. And uh, with the store too, really that's just kind of like advertisements for me. Uh, you know, when it comes to like the sales and stuff, I might make a dollar or two for each purchase kind of a thing. Uh, and then another way you can do it is also if you hit the little super thanks that are, that's down underneath our YouTube videos, uh, we got that approved for us. So if you hit the super thanks, you can, I believe it's donate two, five, ten, twenty, or fifty dollars, I think. And that donation goes straight directly to us, and then your name gets highlighted. You get a highlighted comment to stand out as like a super fan kind of a thing. And it gets pinned to the top of the comment section. 
And then also one of the biggest ways you can uh, help us out and support us and to help us make this a full-time thing is simply by listening to this, by watching this, and by telling other people. You know, the more subscribers you have, the more people are commenting and liking the videos and the podcast, the more eyes you get on you, the more views, you know, the more that uh, YouTube kind of pushes us out. And, uh, yeah, you know, I I honestly couldn't do this without every single one of you guys either listening or watching the podcast. Uh, I mean, really, that's how I get paid is by the view ads uh so yeah without you guys watching the ads and watching the videos there's no way i would ever get paid kind of thing so uh yeah i want to thank you guys for watching this or listening to it whichever one that you're doing i i do really honestly appreciate you guys taking time out of your day and uh yeah just hanging out and listening to the podcast or watching it and if you enjoyed this, you know, hit the like button down in the corner. Leave me a comment. I try to get back to almost all of them other than maybe the odd, you know, the odd one kind of slips through. But for the most part, 99% of the comments, I get back to them. And also subscribe to the channel. Uh, and if you're listening to this, maybe give us a review on whichever podcast platform that you're listening to it on. And then that way it kind of gets pushed out a little bit more. And hopefully uh, one of these days I can get my podcast monetized on all these other uh, platforms. But anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I hope this uh, gets you excited about bear season and the upcoming summer. And uh, you guys get outside. You know, enjoy the warm weather while it's still here. We only have a few months of it up here in the north. And uh, yeah, you'll be amazed what's in your own backyard. But anyways, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.